need to make sure, you know, we take down the barriers that are excluding young people from effectively engaging. How do you rebuild your life as a young person after fleeing your home country and settling down somewhere new? According to former refugee and associate education officer at UNHCR, Arash Bordba, the answer lies in education and meaningful participation. You're listening to The World's Biggest Opportunity. Arash was a young person himself when he fled with his family from a crisis-affected Iran. First, they claimed asylum in Malaysia, but after five years, Arash and his family left their new life behind to move to Sydney. Since then, Arash has completed his university education and pursued a career with UNHCR, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. Today, Arash is a strong advocate for the rights of young refugees. I'm Hayat Yamanini, and together with Arash, we will unveil the transformative power of education and participation of young people. I start out by asking Arash to introduce himself. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I have joined UNHCR education section in Denmark, and I primarily focus on tertiary education for uh, refugees and other displaced population. And I work on a couple of areas um, to name, I assist in the coordination of UNHCR's role concerning tertiary education, in particular in something that we have called a 15 by 30 roadmap which is a target um, to ensure that by 2030, we get uh, 15% of refugees into higher education. Um, We are at 7% now, roughly, as we speak. And also to focus on refugee participation across um, higher education programming that we have. The other interesting work um, that I'm involved in is to undertake initiatives that builds the capacity of um, communities that we work with and for, and also to assert their rights to education um, and access to quality education, self-reliance and livelihood opportunities. And that then brings in participation um, and more so on figuring out how to have communication strategies that support also educational activities and um, rights to education for refugees and other displaced population. And um, the last piece is more around assisting coordination of UNHCR's role um, in education policy and partnership. So how do we ensure um, national policies are inclusive? How do we make sure that we create more partnership um, to tackle different issues that refugees are facing in accessing education and livelihood opportunities? and also to um, run campaigns. And I guess the um, really interesting part of my role is also to work with um, refugees on a daily basis, um, especially with the students and youth um, and advocates. And that's through, we have a scholarship program called DAFI Scholarships um, for UNHCR, which is supported by the government of Germany and also Denmark and many more private sectors. So that gives me the opportunity to um, work with a lot of the refugee students around the world. Well, that sounds just amazing (laughs) and overwhelming at the same time, like having so much responsibilities. I mean, I am like just sitting here be like, wow. (laughs) Okay, let's uh, break things down a bit. And uh, first, I would like to know, how did you get involved with UNHCR? Was there any important turning points? How did you get into like humanitarian work in general? 
Sure, definitely. I think maybe the first point was the personal experiences. So me and my family fled our home country, Iran, when I was about 16. Um, and that we fled to Malaysia, which was the, the closest country due to um, political persecution. And that was the first, I think, point to really get in touch with the situations and the challenges that people face as refugees and, and asylum seekers. So living through the experiences, I think, um, was was something that brought me into the area of the humanitarian work. And then, I, I guess, along the way, my passion as a young person to figure out how I can contribute so that other young people and other people um, won't go through the similar struggles. And that's why I think it was quite a turning point um, that I got resettled to Australia and um, seeing different opportunities, different rights that were given to us as um, any other citizens allowed me to figure out um, what sort of impact I can have given the experiences and struggles that I faced um, as a young person back there in, in Malaysia. So that, that was, I guess, a turning point and with a little bit of personal passion and interest in figuring out um, how can I leave a lasting impact in the world, I guess. Well, thank you for sharing your personal story with us. I think it's very moving and it's something else, you know, to experience something Like you had a lived experience that led you to do work. So I can imagine that you are very passionate about your work as well. Definitely. Uh, now we're going to talk about the bigger picture in here. Today, we have the largest generation of young people in history. In your opinion, what is at stake or what what is important to do? That's a very interesting question. And I mean, I, I look at it from a point of a view of a young person, I would say. Um, I'm no longer a young person, but from when I was a young person, um, from point of view and someone who's working in the humanitarian um, field and also from point of view of someone who have, um, I guess, lived the, as, as a refugee for uh, many years. And when we look at it, Um, globally, we can see that our challenges are outpacing our solutions. So we are mm -hmm. at a point that the displacement is at its highest, right? We have almost 110 million people who are forced to flee their home. Um, and when we look at that number, a majority of them, I mean, more than 40% are below the age of 18. So that gives us a, a really um, scary look at what we are facing and what we're going to face in the future as well. That sadly, uh, crises won't stop, challenges um, won't stop um, unless we act differently, unless we get different stakeholders involved. And in addition, when you look at it, um, we have a big population of displaced um, community in countries um, that basically are affected by crises where they have the least sort of um, resources. So it's it's the, the more developing countries that are also affected by those crises. And more and more we see um, that access to education, access to um, opportunities for you know, work, access to a life with dignity is becoming uh, more and more challenging. And what is at stake is to figure out with um, the you know biggest population of young people ever existed, how do we engage with young people in a in a moving forward way? So that would be that would be something that I look at, and I feel like if we don't 
act quickly and you know intentionally we will have crises like climate change like um inequality in 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 gender and inequality in accessing different rights will it will be quite catastrophic so it seems like you are involved in many projects one of the projects is called the global refugee forum can you tell us more about it definitely um global refugee forum or grf basically is a large convening of different stakeholders the governments private sectors civil societies and uh, different organization to come together and commit to different um promises different solutions or different recommendations that they would be able to take up um together at different levels at international levels at regional levels so hopefully we would be able to find um a way forward for the refugee population that we have now which is more than 30 million so at this event um which was held in in 2019 first we um have been trying to figure out how best we could incorporate um participation of young people ahead of the first grf um but also throughout and beyond the next global refugee forum is taking place at the end of this year so december 2023 and that would be four years um after the first one to come together again and look at what have we done so far but also to come up with new um commitments from different stakeholders into really um figuring out a, a best way forward and as you've seen the numbers of displacement have gone up so we have um been really working on figuring out different ways to engage um diverse stakeholders and one of them uh, one of the important one of course is is young people themselves so since 2019 we've been quite busy with with a lot of our partners to figure out um what does it actually mean when we talk about meaningful participation or effective participation of young people okay that sounds amazing i mean i'm talking from my own experience as a young person i haven't heard about the global refugee forum before but i'm glad i can hear more about it so uh, can you tell me more about how did you involve the youth like practically in the forum and what have you been doing like uh, since 2019 to ensure that there is going to be more youth involvement in the in this uh, the one in the end of this year definitely i guess there has always been an interest um in UNHCR to engage with young people in a effective or meaningful way and i guess for since 2015 um there has been a systematic um look at how actually we engage with young people at different levels all the way up to the first global refugee forum we had um a couple of networks that were trying to look at um the formatting or shaping of the global refugee forum and that was um to figure out how can they best um participate and how can they best raise some of the issues and challenges that they are facing and after the first um grf we've looked at what else can be done to make sure that you know the biggest population and also the broader um networks and initiatives of young people are engaged throughout so we have been working um since 2019 with many different organizations um not to say not only in denmark but also globally um through an interagency network called um, youth 
compact for young people in humanitarian action. So that is an interagency network of different institutions, I think for more than 40 um, institutional members of civil society organization, UN organization that are interested and invested in um, supporting young people. And because of that, I think they have also been able to give us an opportunity um, to have access and also interaction with many more young people in the humanitarian sector. We have worked with um, together with Danish Refugee Council, of course, on different ways to um, collectively hear directly from young people, but also involve them in creating the languages um, and reports and recommendations that young people from around the world um, have to say. So in, I guess in 2020 and 2021, we did um, a lot of consultations or convenings um, of young people globally and regionally. We had more than 40 um, countries involved in putting together different recommendations that, that are really specific, um, not only for young people, but through the lens of um, young people that um, are affecting the bigger you know, refugee communities. And they are all accessible. And uh, the main points were that you know, young people have a lot of potential. They have a lot of um, solutions to offer they would be able to um, really help us in figuring out how can we respond differently in the future to refugee crisis and they're asking for uh, meaningful participation they want to be part of the process they want to be part of the implementation they want to be part of the monitoring so i think that has been um, a really huge eye-opening for us and also a way for us to um, engage with them um, at different levels. So at the global level, at the regional level, and uh, we have a lot in plan for the upcoming GRF. Now, since you mentioned the upcoming GRF, can you tell me about these plans or are those top secret ones? Definitely. I think um, looking at what we have so far, um, we have a lot of um, resources from young people, right? We have a lot of recommendations that were created um, together with the Youth um, Compact and Danish Refugee Council and other um, civil society organizations and youth networks. So looking at those, we want to effectively find ways for real participation. And that means what does participation look like at the local level? Mm. That has been a way for us to work with different youth networks at country levels where a lot of these um, challenges are, are faced by, uh, by the community. And the other piece has been to figure out how do we mobilize many of the organizations to work with us in supporting and prioritizing the issues and um, highlight some of the recommendations that young people have at the, at the global level. The plan for this year is to convene um, few conferences, or basically we can call them a youth-led convening uh, in the countries that are supporting GRF. So we have uh, co-convening countries um, that are supporting UNHCR in planning of the Global Refugee Forum. So we want to make sure we um, have those youth-led events where young people at those countries are able to basically say, um, these are the pledges that we would like to highlight more and actually help us in uh, formulating new pledges and then presenting them to the right stakeholders, states and private sector. So that would be um, something really fun 
um, that we're looking forward to um, work on with. And the other piece is also on building the capacity in a very effective way. So we have been running um, six months leadership in public speaking, advocacy, um, and diplomacy training to be able, when the opportunity arises, when the access is given, when they're included, they would be able to maximize those sort of opportunities and also really effectively engage, um, for example, at forums like the Global Refugee Forum. That sounds amazing. Can you tell us more about where the event is going to take place or is it multiple? Because as you mentioned, it's multiple uh, events that's going to run in multiple countries. So can you share more details about that? Yes, we are hoping that um, these co-convening or youth-led um, events in the co-convening countries will take place in three to four countries. And those are potentially um, Uganda, Jordan, it um, would be Colombia, and if possible, um, Niger. That is some of the um, events that we have promised that we're looking to um, implementing it with, with young people and our partners. But also there would be, of course, opportunities for other virtual events and um, other events that um, young people that we work with will, will take up. And uh, now, what are your hopes and dreams for a more meaningful participation for our young future generation? Well, I have a lot of hopes. I guess I have a lot of dreams um, and a lot of vision. I think we need to understand that um, we were all young once and, you know, we had aspirations as they do. We had ways of working. We, we had potentials. We had agencies. So we need to look at how intentionally um, we are going to invest in young people's capacity and young people's participation. And when I say invest, it's not funding and budget, but it's more about how we systematically change the way we work with and for young people. We need to take down the barriers that are excluding young people from effectively engaging with us and with other stakeholders. We need to make sure we provide enough support in a timely manner um, and transparent manner to young people so that they're able to actually help us um, get through some of these challenging moments that we, we are at now, right? More than 100 and, um, 810 million displaced communities. So we need their support. And unless we work with them, we partner with them, and we trust them, we won't be able to um, make it in the future. For me, that's like a perfect world scenario. <laughs> so what you're saying is that if we do invest, the young people would become the world's biggest opportunity, basically. That's exactly right. Well, thank you very much for your time. And thank you for sharing your personal story, your experience and your background with us. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was the last episode in the series. Thank you for joining me on this journey, answering the questions of this growing global agenda. I hope you've been inspired, just as much as I have. There is no doubt in my mind that the largest generation of young people holds an enormous potential in so many ways. We would love to hear from you if you have ideas for other angles and perspectives. Find more information at our website, pro.drc.ngo youth. Please be in touch. Thank you for listening.